0: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom everybody and welcome to Christians with Tour, the Beta Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio B with right. Pastor Nick Plummer. Studio B, what a pleasure. Oh man, i tell you. We're uh, we're blessed. There's, sure. There's are. B for blessed. The blessed studio. That's right. Look at that. You know, who who knew? Who knew? We actually have four studios.
1: We got an A, B, C, and a D if where's, we need it. Where's D? The uh, Quonson hut.
0: Oh yeah, we've never it's done it. In house. There. I don't even know if we'd get internet out there. Which I don't know that we really need internet, but no, we don't. Yeah, I don't think we do. No. Yeah, it's all self-contained. That's it. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's no, a, we, we could do this in the president's bunker. It's a to. That's right. All right. Well, welcome everybody. Thanks for being here to Christians with Torah. We are, as it sounds, Christians with Torah. Christians meaning we believe in the basic Christian doctrine. We believe in Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, right? We believe that he is the Messiah. We believe that he is the Son of God. We believe God raised him from the dead, right? Basic foundational Christian doctrines. And we also believe that the whole Bible, from Genesis to Maps, is relevant to believers today. And we put Torah in there, and we put an emphasis on Torah. Why? Because most people don't, right? Uh, The Torah is a treasure trove of value that you can just get Easy, low-hanging fruit teachings and instructions from our father. Right, good fathers instruct their children. Right, fathers that don't care about their kids say, "Do whatever you want." Right, you know, just live by the, you know, by yourself. To go do yeah. whatever. The seat of your pants. Whatever you want to do. Whereas good fathers instruct their children. God is a good father. He gives us instructions, and the black and white, easy to follow ones are laid out in Torah. That's and so, good. For the last, uh, well, for the first four seasons, we did the Torah portions, where we split up the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, sometimes called the Law of Moses, sometimes called the Pentateuch, uh, and we split those up into the pieces called Torah portions based on the Orthodox way of, of splitting them up weekly, the weekly Parsha, the weekly Torah portions. Then we did the Gospel of Matthew for a year and a half.
1: Yeah, a year and 18 months.
0: Right? And we are now in the book of Acts, And so today we're going to be studying the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. And uh, we're going to start off by reading. And you're going to read. Yep. We're going to start off by reading. The Grecian
1: widows are neglected.
0: What? Verses 1 through 4. And it says here, And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Wow, so seven are chosen.
1: That's the little heading there for this chapter. So, and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Oh boy. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. The Grecians versus the Hebrews. Wow, it's the Jews versus the non-Jews. Here we go. Now the Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews from the diaspora or the dispersed Jews living outside of Israel. Their primary language was Greek. The Hebrews were native Israeli Jews who spoke Aramaic as their primary language and had attended the Hebrew-speaking synagogues. Not as fluent in Greek, they seemed to have overlooked the Hellenist widows unintentionally. Good, little gap there. You know, the, the, the Grecians were complaining that their widows were being neglected. Yeah. So like there's, there's some preferential you know, well, treatment being given to so the, you know, the So here, here we go. We're dividing up the ethnic groups, the Greeks and the Jews. Wait, you mean this has been going on for this long? I mean, if they're Jewish Greeks or, you know, remember when they came to Jesus and it says the Greeks were looking for him? Ah. Uh, were they Jewish Greeks? Yeah, we don't know. Grecian we, Jews? I mean, we can only because they wanted to speak to Yeshua at the time of the feast. Yeah. But I kind of look at it like, hey, maybe it was the uh, nations. Just, maybe. I mean, maybe we read too much into this. I mean.
0: Yeah. Who knows? So
1: anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, So then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So it's almost like the the ministry of of helps they're looking for.
0: Well, so, I mean, there's a a clear... There's mandate, a need there. A mandate in Scripture to care for the widows and the orphans. Right. And yes. in this case, this ministry was already occurring, and the Hebrews already had a system kind of built in. Right. Where they were taking care of their own, right. their own you know, widows and their families or the widows right. in their community. Versus the Greeks, who are new to the faith, so to speak, right? They're kind of being grafted in 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 the sense that we all understand and now because they're becoming part of this congregation the number of widows has now expanded and so the Hebrews are still doing the same old thing where they're handling the the widows that they always handled and kind of leaving the others on their own devices right to their own maybe they weren't organized correct and so the Greeks were taking issue with this so
1: they needed somebody to do the ministry of helps basically to care of the widows and the orphans um, It says here in Acts 6, 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's very interesting, you know, Uh, essential to the work of the apostles was their devotion to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The burgeoning ministry of charity was distracting them from this calling. The Greek speaking Hellenists from whom the seven were selected were better equipped to serve and communicate with the widows. So anyway, yeah, that could be any of the widows, the Hebrews or the Grecians. So we can lump them all together, the widows, Grecian or Hebrew. But I think what's happening here is it's kind of like, you know, I need to do the outline for the book of Acts. But if I'm over to set up tables and chairs and serving food, who's going to do the outline for Acts like we're doing now? When we're done, I'm hitting my office, and I'm doing the outline for the book of Acts. I don't have to go and vacuum or set up tables and chairs or serve food or or any of that stuff. So it's a good example of, uh, of priorities and what you're called to do or be to, you know, what you need to be makes sense I mean. to me so yeah so I like that you know uh, but we will give ourselves continued to prayer and to the ministry of the word you know it's powerful when you when you just open up your heart and say Lord I pray your perfect will Lord what do you want through me what do you want what do you want me to say what do you want me to do where do you want me to go thank you for divine appointments and everything I've had that experience it's been really great but yeah so this was a real need because you don't want to neglect the widows because if you trouble the widows Trouble is coming. There'll be trouble in doggy land. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be my turn to read. Mm, All right. Seven Men Chosen. Yes, read Acts 6, chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. All right, here we go. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, the Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, And Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Wow. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Gotcha. Wow. All
0: right, so it says here, Stephen and Philip, who are the first two mentioned here, um, become prominent in the uh, Acts narrative. And the New Testament makes no further mention of the other five. Before Uh, you go on to that,
1: uh, it says that Nicholas was a proselyte. Is that someone that converts to to Judaism? So
0: this is, is, I was about to get into that. Um,
1: So there you go. I'm just wondering.
0: He's not Jewish. Which leads us to believe that the others are.
1: That they are Jewish? That the others are Jewish. Because he stands out. It's Nicholas. That's who I am. I'm Nicholas.
0: That's right. And you are a proselyte. I converted to be a Hebrew. That's right. A Hebrew costal. And here you are. Wow. Nicholas.
1: And that's how you spell Nicholas Martinez's
0: name. Ah. Nicholas. A lot of the Greeks. I got the H. I was about to say a lot of the Greeks spell it that way, but then I realized they spell it in Greek, you know? I wonder why. Because they're Grecians? Because they're Greek.
1: (laughs) It's all Greek to me.
0: Um... So it's interesting because it says, Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. So he's full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And so he's kind of distinguished in this separate from the rest of them. Uh, And then it just kind of gives the list of the rest of them. And then the only other distinction that is made is for Nicholas, the proselyte of Antioch. Um, And Antioch obviously being um, a Greek province. Uh, and so it's just funny because your name's Nicholas and it's a proselyte. I like that. It's, it's kind of cool. He fits in. And so the other five, as it says here, are not mentioned uh, in the rest of Scripture. But Philip, uh, we hear about him several times uh, throughout the rest of the New Testament. Stephen, we as we know, is is coming to uh, an abrupt ending here very soon.
1: I know. Unfortunately, I know. You just isn't got elected like, to help the widows and the that's orphans. What I'm saying,
0: man. You know, it's like no good deed goes unpunished. They say. <laughs> All right, so the apostles confirmed the congregational election when they prayed and laid their hands on them. Laying on of hands is done in connection with several things in Acts. Healing in chapter 9, verse 17. The gift of the Spirit in uh, chapter 8, verse 18, 9, verse 17, and 19, verse 6. And the commissioning to a ministry, both here and in Acts chapter 13, verse 3. Interesting. And and so this is an important thing um, if there's people that are being... Uh, placed into uh, positions of excuse me of responsibility within the congregation, whatever congregation you're a member of, it is good for the leaders or the elders to appoint and anoint them at that time by laying on of hands and praying that God would work through them, that the Holy Spirit would use those individuals to do the work that needs to be done. Amen. Mm-hmm. I think that's a a good way of doing it. And, so, and uh, verse 7 says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So this is cool. Um, why does it say here, What what's the reason for telling us that the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem? That is because... It started in Jerusalem. The disciples are making, uh, or the apostles, I should say, are making the statement that You're bringing this issue to us, but we cannot administer this ministry in and of ourselves. We have to delegate this ministry because our ministry, like our time is already taken up with the ministry of the word and the ministry of discipling people into the name of Yeshua. And so what's cool is it gives this whole discourse on what they ended up deciding to do and how they did it, and then it gives the result, right? Right. The word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. It says in great company of even the priests.
1: Because he said the word has to go out to Jerusalem,
0: Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's right. So this is the epicenter. This is true. And so then it even says that the priests, there's a great multitude of the priests that were obedient to the faith. Now, Jesus had told the apostles that they were to witness first in Jerusalem. And that can be found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. In a short time, their message had infiltrated the entire city and all levels of society. Even some Jewish priests were being converted, an obvious violation of the wishes of the council, right? The council being the Sanhedrin. We should be encouraged that these priests, dedicated students of the Old Testament, the Torah, right? Were willing to endanger their positions because they were confident that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah who fulfilled all the law, and the prophets. Amen? So, discuss what happens when God's word increases and disciples are multiplied. I got
1: three things. Lives are changed and curses are broken. Nice. Number two, the kingdom of God will increase. Yeah. Which is really cool. Number three, helps to build a strong community and to raise up the next generation.
0: hmm I've heard Smiley. that somewhere, yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's really important. It is. Get people plugged in, get them serving, disciple them. You know, I'm discipling somebody right now. Yeah. Every Thursday, so it's good.
0: It's really good. I agree, it is good. I, when the Word of God increases, um, people return to God. I mean, I think this is a a basic thing. Uh, what's cool is that the Word of God is what they were using. They were using the Torah and the prophets to explain what happened to Yeshua. And so we can look at Yeshua's example in Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus, and it says that when he was walking with Cleopas and the other disciple, that he opened to them, right, From the starting in Moses and all the prophets, all the things concerning Himself, and so I believe that that's what's going on here. They're showing in the scriptures that all of these people have been studying their whole lives, making the connection. Remember when he said this or did this? This is this, right? This prophecy. This coincides with this thing that happened. Can you believe this? Oh my gosh! You're telling me that that happened? You know, all these things, and these people are believing on Yeshua because of the testimony of Scripture. Uh, just. And I got number four here. I, I just
1: wrote this down when you were just interjecting. This revelation leads to a greater lifestyle. So, hey Sabbath, you know Friday night I'm gonna be at home with my family. I'm going to bless them. We're gonna read the Torah portion. We're at home. We're safe. We're Sabbath keepers, and and then Saturday we come to the church. I mean, that just uh, increases
0: the kingdom. Amen. Amen. I agree. All right. So I'm going to read uh, chapter six, verses eight through twelve. And it says here, "And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of Sicilia, Cilicia, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. So this is like several groups." you know ganging up on Stephen. So oh, then, I could I could imagine. Yeah.
1: You know there was different levels and different kinds of Judaism back then too. For sure. You know.
0: And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men which said, "We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God." And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council.
1: Wow. Wow. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. So he just had hands laid on him to serve the widows and the orphans. So he got the bonus package. He's like, okay, you know, you're going to be serving widows in this ministry of helps. But you know what? You're going to do miracles. Oh, yeah. Because you want to serve. That's right. You're not looking for a position. Stephen is the first person after the apostles said to have performed wonders and miracles. His power was not physical strength or worldly knowledge or influence
0: but the power of the holy spirit. So real quick, I just want to wow. make a note because of the point that you just made there, okay? That there are those today that are what we call cessationists. They believe that the gifts of the holy spirit stopped with the apostles. Right. And that they were never passed down to another generation right. and so on and so forth. But I would venture to say that this example right here of Stephen, right, is a is an example of it being passed down. Now, granted, the apostles themselves laid hands on him, like, you know, I understand what somebody would say. But I can see this as a this person, Stephen, didn't necessarily see the whole ministry of Yeshua and didn't necessarily witness his death burial and resurrection. However, he was, you know, that's right, a follower of the the apostles. So now this is happening. Now you got the disciples,
1: now you've got these people that are serving the widows and the orphans. Of course, Philip is one of them. He'll he'll be mentioned later, Stephen and Philip. Philip will go strong, but uh but then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. So the Libertines um, was a group of former Jewish slaves who had been freed by Rome and had formed their own synagogue in Jerusalem. Now the place names all point to the Diaspora. Cyrenians and Alexandrians represent North Africa. While those in Cilicia and Asia represent the area covered by modern Turkey, also a part of the diaspora, So these are different factions, different groups here that are practicing their Judaism. And of course, um, this is what we're seeing here. The, the resistance, uh, the different factions of people and Jews uh, are going to come against them, whether it's the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Libertines or the Saltines. <laughs> They're a little salty. Yeah. Um, it says, then they suborned men, which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. This is a whole faction of people, a whole group of people here that are saying this. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. Maybe he
0: made a run for it. So I want to mention real quick, this word that says that, and then they suborned, right? This is a, uh, King James word that I don't know. We use a lot. But it's the word hupobolo, <laughs> hupobolo in the Greek. Hupobolo. And it says to throw in stealthily, i.e. introduce by collusion. So th- they conspired together to set men up to say these things, right? So that's what they mean when they say suborn. That,
1: that's interesting, and it implies putting words in someone's mouth yeah. or making false suggestions. Yeah. The basic charge was blasphemy, speaking against Moses, the law, and against God. That is against the temple, God's dwelling place, verses 13 and 14. Uh, Jesus was accused of the same thing in Mark chapter 14, verses 63 and 64. So that's very interesting. Um, This whole thing of accusing him of blasphemy and saying that he said this and he said that. And that's just not a good thing, you know, when you are to mention somebody and speak on their behalf and it's not true. That's not a good thing. If you use somebody's name and said, well, they said this or they said that, then you go back to them. I never said that. So he's being accused of blasphemy, which is, wow, coming against Moses and the temple. And, you know, he didn't speak against those things. Um, wow. Two charges against Moses and against God. So, you know, like I said, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you'll see here where, uh, you know, let, you want me to go ahead and read Acts 6, verses 13 to 15? Sure. And we'll finish up here. But anyway, yeah, we're getting to the, to the real issue of the false witnesses. And set up false witnesses, which said, This man seetheth not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an
0: angel. Wow. Wow! Weird, oh, right? The countenance, yeah. So they set up false witnesses against him. Now the use of false witnesses is reminiscent of what happened at Jesus' trial in Matthew 26, verses 59 and 60, and confirms Jesus' prediction that his followers would be persecuted as he was. Wow. This is this is an interesting
1: yeah John fifteen eighteen to twenty one he uh, said you will be persecuted just like I was
0: and so you tie these together right um, well he said, also says it in Matthew twenty four he also says it in what is it Luke uh, nineteen I think um, where he talks about how you'll be persecuted right that uh, they will betray and hate right and then you'll be given up to be killed <laughs> that's what he tells them in Matthew twenty four anywho so. So the false witnesses is reminiscent of Jesus trial. This is interesting because uh, they don't have anything, and so because they're already used to this corrupt style, this is a pattern where they've done this to people before Yeshua. They did it to Yeshua himself, and now they're doing it to Yeshua's followers. Anything to hold on to their, you know, their perception of power. You know, and so. Uh, what did they say? He said, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. Now we all know that Jesus didn't say that, so this is a false accusation. So let's just take this time to hear what the false accusation against Stephen and against Yeshua is. The false accusation is that they were going to destroy the temple and change the law of Moses. Are you listening? the false accusation against Yeshua and against Stephen is that they were going to change the law of Moses so if this is a false accusation that means that they were not going to change the law of Moses would we right. agree on that that's true just by by extension that is true so Stephen must have referred to what Jesus said about destroying the temple and rebuilding it in three days uh, in mark 1458 which John clarified as referring to the temple of Jesus body in John chapter 2 verses 19 through 21. Because guess what he did? In three days, he rebuilt that temple because he showed up and was like, ta-da, right. here yeah. I am. I'm just going to show you that we're the temple too. Right. And then he says, uh, And at, and all that sat in the council looked steadfastly on him, him being Stephen, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Right? Angel here being angelos, meaning an, a messenger. Uh, but we're all taking it as like as an angel, right? I mean, when you see the face of an angel, right. what does that mean to you? So there was apparently a visible manifestation of the brightness of the glory of God on his face, as there had been with Moses in Exodus 34, 29 through 30 and 35. And in an even greater extent with Jesus at his transfiguration, Matthew 17, verse 2. And then obviously this is Acts chapter 6, verse 15. And
1: that, that Greek word is, to be transfigured or transformed is metamorpho.
0: Metamorphu. Metamorphu, which is pretty powerful. Right, which is literally like metamorphosis, like a butterfly that changes right. from a caterpillar into a right. butterfly. So it's intense. Wow. Can you believe that this was 15 verses and we just burned through this, man? This was the whole chapter, of chapter 6.
1: You know, uh, it's pretty much self-explanatory. It is. it is. There's just not a lot of detail, but there's just a lot of uh, issues where, you know, you have a, a little bit of a conflict there, a problem that's got to be resolved. And they resolved it. The disciples came up with gaining seven men to take care of the widows and the orphans and then Stephen out of that group began to do signs and wonders and miracles.
0: And that caused some problems. And that
1: drew drew attention. That's right. So, you know, it's just like if you're a nobody and all of a sudden you're a somebody, you know, you're going to be called out.
0: Those that are pretending to be somebody are going to be
1: offended. You're going to be called out. It's going to be interesting to see this movement uh, develop as we go who God is going to raise up. Like in Revelation, the two witnesses that are, you know, Doing these things and the world hates them yeah and they're slayed and killed and then they lay in the streets and then they get raised up right so you know a picture of two groups of people or two people whatever but that's gonna be interesting to play out when you think about the Jews and the non-Jews or Ephraim and Judah the two groups of people and this remember the two olive trees in Zechariah yeah so there's this two which is means a witness but it also means division
0: yeah and in those then those passages about the two witnesses that you just mentioned in Revelation it mentions the two olive trees
1: right So that's very interesting. So what two points did you get out of Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, Ryan? Why don't you go first? I will. Yeah. I am locked and caught. Yeah, you go. You go go first. This was real easy for you. Number one, give your time daily to prayer and reading the word. I mean, you know, we talk about, well, I got to sleep. I got to eat. I got to go to work. I got to watch Netflix. I got to watch this college football game. Okay, that's all well and good. But put in there, number one, to pray and read your word. Make that a priority, make it, make it a discipline, you know? And so, like I said, that's very important. Um, number two, watch out for false witnesses and don't be a false witness. Mm. Exodus 20 verse 16, uh, the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. You know, that's why I get upset when, when people mention other people's names or they mention other people and they speak on their behalf mm, and yeah, you go to that yeah, person yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say they, they said I never said that. That's right. So it's it's a it's something that somebody needs to overcome if they have that habit or that problem, trying to defend themselves or whatever they're trying to do, don't drag other people into your 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 strife, your your conflict or your situation. Stick to yourself and your immediate family or whoever but but, but don't speak on somebody's behalf if they never said it. Right. I mean that's what I'm saying, you know. Uh, it's like if I were to mention somebody, and then they go to them, well, I never said that. Well, then I'm I'm a false witness, yeah. Or I gave false testimony, right, on that person's behalf. And see, a lot of people aren't mature enough to handle that, and they'll just believe it and run with it. Well, Pastor Nick said, you
0: know, but this that's is that's doing. why that's why uh, hearsay is not admissible in the court of law. Right. He right. said, she said. Got yeah, it. because because the telephone game, you oh, know, yeah. corrupts sure. it pretty quickly. So it's not necessarily that this person is lying about what they heard the person said. It's just they didn't hear him say it, so they're not a verifiable witness. Right.
1: Just like Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to God, and he took them out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we gave it all. Yeah, that's not good. You know, and like I said, they were trying to look good because, you know, what's his name? Uh, it was a it was a priest who had given.
0: Oh, yeah, Barnabas.
1: Barnabas, yeah. Yeah. Barnabas gave something so so you know, we, we don't have to compete or hey, look at me, look at this, you know. Right. I don't have to make my church like somebody else's church. Oh, well that church, well I'll make my church look like this, or I'll make my church do this. It just needs to be who it is and what it is. That's right. And then and then let it come to you. That's what I love about Baitahila.
0: Yeah, amen. All right. Amen. All right, so my friends were uh don't seek out persecution or suffering, but be obedient to the Lord, and if persecution or suffering may come, so be it. That was one of my points. Wow,
1: that's good. Yeah, don't look it for it. Don't, don't go,
0: go looking for it. it. Yeah. But if it arises because of obedience. Don't stand on the street corner and preach unless you're called. Then it's an honor to be persecuted, yeah. right? All right, number two was uh, you don't necessarily have to be the one to take care of the widows and the orphans. But you do need to make sure that the widows and the orphans are being taken care of. That's a good point. Right? I mean, that's pretty pretty cut and dry there. Why don't that's you phrase that on this one? Man,
1: 30 minutes. I know. Whew.
0: It's a quick people, one. People it's are going to love this one. Yeah, they're going to be like, "I'm going to get a lot yeah, of, you know, like listen this to the one. whole thing.
1: Father, we just thank you for the example that you've given us in here to, uh, to daily, to prayer, and reading the Word is so important. Even taking care of widows and orphans is important, Father. And we just thank you, Father, for... We pray for this congregation. We come against false witnesses and false testimonies and people speaking on other people's behalf that's not true. We pray that you clarify it, Father, that your word be true, our witness be true, and that we keep our word and and and, and that we are men and women of our word. And we want to thank you for this opportunity to know that um, persecution is coming, Lord, but we're going to practice our faith. We're going to stretch our tent pegs. We are going to continue to build a strong community to raise them the next generation and show people a better way. Thank you for bait to Healer. We thank you for just guarding it, guiding it. And we come against those principalities, those level of angels that would try to bring harm to this community or to anybody here. We bind those principalities right now, Father. We rebuke them. Uh, as I am the set man of this house and I have the anointing and I have, Father, the position of, of power and authority. I declare it, Father, this is a house of God. This is a house of prayer, house of worship. And we thank you for this weekend. We thank you for what you're doing. We even lift up the men's meeting to you that we're, we're going to have this week. And uh, we just ask all of this in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well, bless you guys. Uh, keep the conversation going in the comments. Let us know what you think, if you have any questions or anything like that, or if you need to correct us in any way. Praise the Lord. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at, Ryan at Uh Blessings to all of you, and uh, have a great week.